Welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here we talk about the connection between creativity and healing, and how we are creative, and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally. Join us now. Hi everyone, Larissa Russell of Creative View Healing, and welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me Ari Gunsberg. Ari is a rising new star in personal growth after experiencing trauma as a child and then extreme volatility as a teenager. As an award-winning international speaker, Ari motivates people using personal stories filled with triumph, tragedy, and transformation. Ari also helps inspire people using one-on-one coaching and his books for both children and adults. So welcome, Ari. Thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about your story and the path that's brought you where you are today? A number of years ago, when I was 10 years old, I was with my class. We went on this field trip. It was supposed to be just, you know, getting out of springtime, you know, uh, we were supposed to do basically baseball and a hike. And so we played the baseball and we started going for the hike with our teacher, with our rabbis. This was back in the 90s. So there was only, you know, like nowadays it's, you know, three, three waivers, eight chaperones per kid and, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff happening. But like back then it was like, whatever, you know, 17 kids, who cares? Like one, one one adult no no big deal um and so we went so we went to this park near the school leakham park in baltimore and we went so so we started playing baseball and then we i I remember we were supposed to have a barbecue i don't remember if we had the barbecue or not like if we had the barbecue then we went for the hike or if we were supposed to go back and eat the barbecue later uh but we went to go into the woods and our rabbi's like let's go hiking and we you know he's explaining like all this stuff to us and showing us how this tree works with this and how it's this whole system, right? Like a forest, you walk into a forest, you see trees, you're like, okay, it's just trees, right? Big deal. But the more that you learn about how a forest works and how any habitat works, the more you see that every single thing in that habitat, every single thing in that area works with the things around it to create this, this like unique one of a kind area where, where um, bugs and animals and critters and fauna uh, flora and fauna can all live together in this in this amazing way and he was telling us all about this stuff but we were 10 so after a little bit we got kind of like bored and we started running down the trail and getting ahead and so you know we just kind of spread out on the trail we were all over the place Uh, a bunch of us found a stream up ahead and we started playing in it because you know boys water woods (laughs) And after a little while, like we were waiting for everybody to catch up to us. And after a little while, these kids, they come running out of the woods and stuff. And they're standing like a distance away. And they just start screaming down to us, guys, you got to come. Guys, Rebbe's hurt. That's what we call um, a teacher is, uh, you know, it's rabbi and Rebbe is kind of like my rabbi or my teacher is like a better translation of it. But basically, you know, they're like, Rebbe's hurt. Rebbe's hurt. We got it. You guys got to come. And we're like, all right, they're joking. Forget it. We're just playing in the water. But, you know, usually a joke ends after a second. And when they didn't finish and like laugh and be like, ha ha ha, you know, we were like, all right, maybe there's really something going on. So we did turn around. We ran back up the trail with them to where they, everybody was gathered. And so now, you know, the, the, the picture, I guess, to paint with words would be there's all 17 kids. This is a class we've been together. You know, we're together all the time. We're standing around. A rabbi is prone on the ground, just laying there. Uh, you know, one kid's like kneeling next at, at his feet, I think, and he was just screaming at him. He's like, get up. It's not funny anymore. Get up. Because, you know, he thought it was a joke also. And so, you know, we had to go for help. 
and we had a bit of an argument about which way was the right way to go for help and so it turned out seven kids went in one direction and three kids went in another direction all the trails must have you know eventually led out because everybody made it out no problem i was with a group of three and the three of us were trying to find a way out or running but it's hot and we're not sure did, did he fall over because of the heat so we're like maybe not running <laughs> being careful and we're trying to find our way out of the woods. And one of the things that helped us find our way out of the woods is we heard in the distance, we heard this like music. And it was like, that's weird. There's not supposed to be music in the forest. It must be like a carnival or something, you know, or people, you know, whatever it is where the music is, there's people. So we should follow it. And we followed the music to the outskirts of the forest. And we walked out of the edge of the woods and it was not a carnival. It was not a big gathering of people. It was one man standing by himself, wearing a kilt, playing the bagpipes, which was so random and so strange that like to this day, the only thing that I can think of is, you know, God must have been like, yeah, you're going to play the bagpipes in this spot today. And that's where you're going to be. And he's like, oh, I think I'm going to play the bagpipes in this spot. <laughs> you know? But we, you know, he brought us, he led us out of the woods unknowingly. And so we saw in the distance some buildings we ran, we got some guys, we brought them back with us into the woods to where the scene was. And one of them started doing CPR immediately. The other one gathered the 10 of us, because remember seven kids are still wandering through the forest, gathered us and uh, nine of us, because we left one kid at the, um, at the building. Cause he's like, if they get out of the forest and get over here, I'll stay here and say, no, no, you stay here with me until everybody gets back out. Um, which is actually exactly what happened. You know, the, one of the rangers led nine of us out of the forest back to the buildings. Uh, the kid was waiting there and the other seven had made it back at that point out of the forest. So we were all reunited at that point. You know, they called the school. They, they came over uh, and our teacher from the last year, he's like, we're going to take everybody home. And he brought us over to his van that the other rabbi had borrowed for the day. And he just piled us in again, the 90s. You know, that was normal back then. <laughs> He just stone cold, stone faced the entire time. Just like, where do you live? Here you are. Get out. Here, where do you live? Here you are. Get out. Not like actually saying get out. You know, he wasn't mean like that or anything. And eventually got all of us home. And and you know, for me, I can only tell you my experience when I got home. But basically, my dad was like, "What you know? What happened with your trip? I thought you were you had your whole trip." And then like, you know, you're home now. Like, what's going on? And I was like, I, I told him a little bit about what happened. And he's like, oh, I'm going to call the school, find out what's going on. And he, and he picks up the phone and he calls the school. And he's like, hi, yeah, it's Dr. Gunsberg. And I'm calling about my son and his class. And oh, and, and you could just see his entire face just drop. And I'm like looking up at him and like trying to figure out what's going on. And he like looks up at me after he hangs up the phone very, very slowly. And he just, I'm sorry, he's gone. And, you know, just, it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was just <laughs> really hard. So like the, just the information just like slams into me and he's like, holds me there. He's crying. I'm crying. Uh, you know, he knew him also. So um, just standing there crying and like, you know, the funeral was already like the next day or the day after or something. And just that moment was, you know, forever be etched in my memory. Mm-hmm. So then how did that then guide you towards what you do now? Cause that was such an important thing that happened to you right traumatic yeah i mean that was important it was traumatic it was difficult to get over if you ever fully get over things like that it didn't specifically guide me i would say you know like it's not like i can sit there and be like well it's because of that that i ended up exactly where i am today i think that when people attribute 
things like that to like just one happenstance. There are times when it really happens, but a lot of times I feel like they're just, I need a reason. So I'm going to, you know, hang this thing that I'm doing on this reason over here and tell people that that's why I'm doing it. And, you know, I'm sure that's not for everybody, but, but I would think the vast majority, but you know, a few years ago when I thought to get into speaking, when I thought to get into connecting with people in different ways and helping to improve people's lives, this certainly came up a lot in that thought process, not so consciously, but more subconsciously where it's, it's, you know, I've, I've been through a lot and I've gone through a lot and I've, I've had these things happen to me that, that, you know, could potentially really have a, a vast long lasting effect on lives. And it, and it has had a vast long lasting effect on my life, but through that and through some things happened a few years later, like I, I kind of ended up in a really, really dark place during the teen years and a little bit in the early twenties. And, and I pulled myself out of there and changed a lot of aspects of my life that, you know, I did not like at the time and that I wasn't happy with. And so having been on a journey like that, which is a direct effect of the fact that I had been through this other thing when I was 10 years old, that helped lead to the place where I was like, yeah, no, maybe I really can help people. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, I would put it like that. I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, everything builds, every experience we have builds who we are. Right. So it or breaks it down, but yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So it's, it's our choice of, I think the main thing there is it's our choice of how to look at it. You know, like we can go through some incredibly difficult times and we can let it break us and we can let it like really get us down and like really just be just, it was just so hard and I just can't go on anymore. Or we can, we can take moments that are difficult and, and recognize that they're a challenge that we need to go through, that we need to face in all cases or in almost every single case. If we allow ourselves to be, we'll be so much stronger for it. Absolutely. And sometimes we can't recognize that when we're in it. It's almost never. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Why are you doing this to me? Right. Right. It's like, you know, I was just listening the other day to another speaker, I think Les Brown. And he's like, you know, when you're in the moment, you're like, why is this happening to me? I can't believe it. Why, why, why? And then it's over and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally a stronger, better person for it. And, and it's totally helped me become something more than I was before. I think a good thing in life is to develop this awareness of the fact that when we're going through challenges, when we're going through hard times and they're coming, they're always coming or you're in the middle of it, that it's always a learning experience. And that even though it's hard to see it when we're in the, mid, in the thick of things, it's we're going to get better for it. We're going we're gonna to grow. We're going to have that that growth opportunity. And that's what it's really all about. Right. I mean, what's, what's a life without growth, right? It's just stagnant. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you've taken what you do now and you've written a book. Yeah. You want to tell us a little bit about that before I ask you a few more? Absolutely. So the, I wrote a book called the little book of greatness. And just like I was saying before, like it was only kind of in retrospect that I realized that this underlying striving for greatness that I have is very much related to this rabbi that I had when I was younger. Um, you know, he was remembered very fondly and the things that he did with his life were, you know, kind of amazing, uh, you know, kind of almost superhuman with, you know, he raised, I forget how many kids he had, but 12, 13, 14 kids. And he was also a tremendous, you know, very, very busy with volunteer work and with helping with like a ton of, ton of things. But basically I wrote this book called The Little Book of Greatness. It outlines a uh, framework that I, that I developed called The Five Keys to Greatness. 
and it does so in a parable form. I was just at a speech yesterday and one of my, you know, we, we had given books out. So one of the ladies was like, I've already started reading it. And if you hadn't spoken as well as you did, I would have continued reading it, but you spoke well. So I put it down and I'm really looking forward to getting back to it. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's, it's written in a parable form. So it's easy to read. It doesn't, it doesn't take a long time to read either. Just to give a brief overview of the five keys to greatness, I use a mnemonic called GREAT, G-R-E-A-T. Five keys to greatness, use the word great. And that's give, like just be more giving of yourself, your time, your money, or many, many, many other things. Reason is to define a reason or a purpose for living. E is for engage. You should be more engaged or more present in your daily life. A is for amazing, which is just a reminder to remain positive and look at the world as though it's amazing. And it is amazing, but we forget that a lot of times. So just look at it, you know, remind yourself to have that outlook, that mindset of the world is amazing. The world, it's a positive place. And T is for tenacity. So it's, the world is changed by people who remain with it, no matter how hard it gets. And if we want to be a part of that change, if we want to be a part of part of history, a part of great things happening, it will take us remaining tenacious to the very end. And, and, you know, just because things get hard a little bit here or there, just because it's a little bit more difficult than we wanted, or, you know, we got, I know the first 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 times, we got to keep at it. We got to be persistent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the questions I ask everyone is what does healing with creativity mean to you? I'll answer that in a few different ways. Uh, so first of all, the power of play is huge and it's often discounted. I believe the, I, I don't have the quote exactly in front of me right now, but the uh, Dr. Stuart something or another who founded the National Institute of Play, he'll tell you that if, you, if you're lacking play, it's, it's as much of an emergency as malnutrition. And we don't see that and we don't recognize that. Also, Dr. Abraham Maslow, the father of the hierarchy of needs, he'll tell you, you know, creativity comes from purposeful play. And that's a, a that's not a direct quote, but that's the, uh, that's the gist of it. Creativity and play are so intertwined. If we are stressed out, if we're not allowing ourselves to express ourselves creative, creatively, if we're not, if we're not allowing ourselves that downtime, we can't heal, we can't create, we can't you know, we're, we're going to be stuck. We were talking before about these bad places and these difficult times, these challenges. We can't address those without opening up that creative part of ourselves. And that, that could happen in many different ways. That doesn't mean painting. It doesn't mean finger painting. It doesn't mean, you know, all the things that maybe art teachers did back when we were in middle school, high school, elementary school. It can mean, it can be so many different things. It might be putting together a puzzle. It might be taking a walk out in nature, which you're not being directly creative but you're allowing yourself to take that break from what's going on in your life and allowing your, your mind to like, kind of like take a step back. And we so often don't give ourselves that time. And we don't give ourselves that ability, that, that allowance, I guess you could say to like create and to, and to take a break and to, to let our mind go and, and we need it. And so that's, 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 I guess how I would answer that is, uh, you know, creativity and playfulness and these things are, 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 paramount without them without them it's 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 a it's another version of disease that we you know it's it's just begging for burnout it's begging for a lot of things and you have to give yourself that those outlets yeah well i would absolutely agree with you and i i think we've seen a lot of that shift through covid actually because people have recognized that they don't have to be pushing 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 and that downtime has allowed them 
some breathing space to, to be more creative. Yes, but only to a degree, just because the downtime that has happened during COVID has been a, an extremely high stress situation for the vast majority of the world, at least the first six months, uh, you know, while new data was coming out and they were like, everybody's going to die, stay home, don't go anywhere, you know. And, uh, you know, slowly but surely that the world is returning to normal. And I have great hopes that it returns to normal a little bit faster than others. The, the powers that be will uh, continue making the calls that they could make when we're stuck at home or when we can't go get out anywhere. If we can find additional ways for creative expression, that's, that's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you were writing your book, was that a healing thing for you? Like, did, were you able to get things out that you needed to process things that you needed to? Not this book in particular, not really, no. Uh, you know, I, I, had, I had developed The Five Keys to Greatness over the course of a summer when I had given my daughter, who was too young to get it, an opportunity to go to sleepaway camp by driving a van for them. Don't ask. <laughs> I drove almost like eight or 9,000 miles throughout the summer. And so I had a lot of time to think. And that's when I developed The Five Keys. You know, one or two of the reviews on Amazon will say like, you know, it's a good book, but it feels a little contrived. And I, you know, my rebuttal to that is it is contrived because, <laughs> because I'm basically, I'm trying to sit there and say, okay, here's the five keys to greatness. But instead of saying, here's one, here's some information about it. Here's two, here's some, I'm trying to say like, let's tell it in a story. So it is a little bit contrived, but most people, it's, it's not contrived enough that it bothers most people. The vast majority of people are like, this is good. You know, that's the type of, that's the type of informational book that I prefer to read because it, it's much easier to sit down with a book that reads like a story and just breathe right through the whole thing, as opposed to, when it's, you know, step one, blah, 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 step two, blah, blah, blah. So that's, I developed an outline. I kind of figured out exactly what was going on. And it was just a matter of filling in the blank parts. And so, so there wasn't any, there was introspection to a degree, but there wasn't any great deep introspection for this particular book, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I want to thank you so much for being here today. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? Uh, not much. Just if anybody's looking to find me, uh, the best way is usually reguns.com. That's guns with a Z, A-R-I-G-O-N-Z.com. And then the book, you can download the first two chapters for free at littlebookofgreatness.com. That's just spelled exactly as you would imagine, littlebookofgreatness.com. Yes. And we will absolutely have the link so people can find it easily. Thank and you. again, I just want to thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. To our listeners, we'll see you again next time. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Thank you for listening. If you found our podcast of interest, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you listen in.